Hey everyone, you are listening to Mind Body Green's beauty podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and Mind Body Green's beauty director, Alexandra Engler. Here we discuss all things beauty taken through the lens of well being. Thank you so, so much for listening today. I cannot believe we are in August already. This summer has flown by so, so fast. I just got back from a vacation as I am recording this right now. It was so lovely and taking some time off was much, much needed. I hope all of you guys are getting some time away this summer or at the very least a few days to rest and relax. But now I am back in it and ready to get going at Mind Body Green. We are up to quite a bit of exciting stuff from releasing new supplements, which you've probably seen on the site if you are a reader, to revamping content, to working on some very exciting things behind the curtain. So a few highlights I just want to point out. We have been reworking our roundups. You might have noticed the new design rolling out recently. I think it is so beautiful. So basically, we've updated our web page design to make our roundups more thorough, provide more intel and context, and make them easier to browse through. I think you will find it makes your shopping experience so, so much easier. If you want a good example, a few weeks ago, we published the list of best eye creams for dark circles. I linked to it in the show notes so you can check it out there. Anyway, I just want to highlight that here because Mind Buddy Green in our beauty section, we do cover a lot of best of shopping guides. And I just think this will be a really exciting way for you guys to learn about all of our favorite stuff. So be sure to head over to Mind Body Green's beauty section and check out all of the latest work that we have been publishing. So on to the episode today, we are talking about one of my favorite topics, which is body work and how it relates to facial work. So often when we talk about the face and we talk about the skin on the face, we talk about topicals and treatments. Now, this makes a ton of sense because that's how most people care for their skin on a day-to-day basis. That's how I personally do it. So of course we talk about that stuff a lot. But how the face ages has a lot to do with the body itself, like posture, gait, tension, and various energy blockages. And when it comes to these things, there is a lot we don't have control over. For example, injuries happen. You can't control those. And those can affect how our bodies age. But there is a lot we do have control over. You know, that's things like how we are moving our bodies in order to strengthen them, how we are improving our posture, and practicing techniques to remove tension in the body, whether that be through yoga or foam rolling or getting regular massages. Even just the simple fact of acknowledging how you are holding your body is a great place to start. To dive deeper into this topic, I am chatting with facial rejuvenation expert, licensed massage therapist, and yoga teacher, Krista Bukhari. She will explain more about how we hold stress in our bodies and the ways that that can show up in our faces. And then obviously we get into what to do about it. Without further ado, Krista, welcome. Thanks for having me. It's such an honor to be here. Well, I am so excited to be chatting with you. I follow you on Instagram and I love following along with your work. And I also love the type of work that you do when addressing the skin from the point of view of the muscles and the lymph and the fascia. So, you know, I just, I can't wait to dive in to so much of what you are going to teach us today. But before we get into that, I always love to let the audience get to know you a little bit better as well as myself, get to know you a little bit better. So why don't you share your story with us? You know, what was your journey into massage therapy and the wellness industry? Thank you for asking. It's such a great question. It was kind of a winding road and something that I resisted for a long time, but it's a deep part of my lineage. So my aunt was, well, she has been a body worker for 40 years and an acupuncturist. And so even as a small child, I was getting acupuncture needles and laying on her shiatsu mat and 
my grandmother was a movement therapist and a dancer and she sold saunas and at-home spas. So I feel like my spa lineage and my, my intro to relaxation and the nervous system was very early on. And I wanted to pursue it, but I was always concerned that my hands would hurt or I would burn out or that I wasn't built for it energetically because I was such a sensitive person. I was actually told that I shouldn't touch people because I was too sensitive. And also I was concerned about it being not professional enough or not stable enough, like all the reasons you don't pursue your dream because you're afraid. And through my own healing journey and needing a lot of body work for certain things that'll definitely come up in this interview, it's such a long winding answer, but I, body work kept on coming back for me no matter what. It was part of my healing journey, my journey to self-discovery and self-acceptance. And when my father was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer, I decided that I needed to change my life trajectory and that, you know, you really don't know how much time you have. So I was in, in a very secure job for seven years. I loved it. I had a whole team working in digital media for a major brand. And it was a holistic brand. It was a natural and organic meat company. And I really had a good thing going, but it wasn't nurturing my soul. And I was in front of the computer all day. And uh, that was sort of my breaking point. So I decided to change my life, go back to school and pursue my dream, just knowing that it would work out. And, and it had. <laughs> wow. Were you scared? Very much so. And I had just gotten married too. So it was like a real bait and switch. It's like my husband's like, all right, great. We're married. I'm going to change everything. I'm going to make no money for a year. I'm going to go back <sighs> to school. And he was so supportive. It was really like a big testament to it. Was, but the fear was very real for a long time. And how long ago was this? So 2017 was when my dad got the diagnosis. I started I was married in 2018 and I went to school right at the beginning of 2019. So it was right before everything happened too with COVID. It was like wow. the timing was just so perfect. I was out of school and established before the pandemic hit. But if it was like a few months different, it would have been very, it was like something in my, sure. my gut was screaming, do it now, do it now. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Some sort of innate premonition about, you know, why that time was the correct time. Yeah. I I can't wait to get into more about your practice. And, you know, I'm sure we're going to dive into, you know, even more into your story as we talk about it. But I'm also curious, I know you're not explicitly in the beauty industry. However, a lot of the things that you do talk about do touch on skincare in a lot of ways. And I'm curious about where that interest stems from. Like, why why skin health as a part of this larger conversation? It's such, again, your question. <laughs> it's, um, it's, funny because I have always loved skin and the deeper I went with my journey it just kept coming up for me and oddly enough like skin and beauty specifically but specifically skin and all and all my my charts like my astrological charts my secret language of birthdays everything is like beauty and skin health over mm -hmm. and over again and and very it's cool. very much in me it just is um but the Skin specifically, my fascination with skin and my love for skin started very early. And I was one of those people who were drinking collagen like over oh, 10 wow. years ago before it was even like easily found and sure. understood. So yeah. I knew about like the protein in skin. I knew about the collagen, the elastin, the, the, the tonal qualities of skin and what happens as we age. I was always devouring articles about it and doing deep research about it. And my skin journey specifically really happened from me trying to quote unquote fix an issue that I was very fixated on. So I had a breast reduction when I was 16. And many years later, I became relentless about trying to erase my scars. It was okay. like an obsession for me. And I'm grateful for that time in my life because it made me learn everything about skin. And then I learned what fascia was through understanding skin and scar tissue and how it formed. And I did a lot of things that were very to help, but were actually harmful, like a blade of lasers Got and it. trying, trying to like erase the scar was actually is pushing me into the holistic world of what scar tissue actually is. And it's this intelligent tissue that is grown to protect you. And so I learned how to integrate scar tissue versus trying to erase it. And so me trying to fix an issue that I was completely obsessed with actually brought me into this 
the deepest world of holistic health and receiving my own scar treatments with a very light touch therapist who was doing fascial work on me and specifically holding my head and my face, I felt my body uncoil. And it was, I realized the connection between the head and the face being a microcosm to your whole system. And I learned that your body is so adaptive and changeable and fascia and scar tissue. It's, it's all just, just needing hydration and a light touch influence and intention. So through, through trying to force the issue and erase it, I learned that's actually integrating it and being gentle with it was the road to healing. And so I, I sure. tried to fix something and I, I discovered something so much deeper in the yeah. process. Yeah, I love that. I think I often hear a lot of stories that echo your sentiment. And I, I certainly share that same that same sentiment too, where it's, you know, you we we live in a culture where we want to be so perfect and we want to try all these things to to, you know, to fix ourselves, quote unquote. And in the process of doing that, we we uncover exactly what you're saying, just something so much deeper than it. And like, I just, I, I, that really resonates with me on like a very personal level. And I, and I do think that people who find themselves in this space often share a connection on that, you know, where it's, they came from a place of trying to fix and then they found something much greater than, than a fix could ever be. So I just, I you know, just to say that I think that's a very beautiful answer. And I do think it segues into something that I wanted to ask anyway, which is, you know, why natural and holistic beauty and wellness? Like why, it, it seems that you have that background inherently from from your family. But, you know, what what was it inside of you that that drew you to it? Because, you know, we can have all the external influences in the world and it has to come from somewhere deep inside, right? So like, do you have something that, you know, it comes from within? Thank you for hitting that home for me also. <laughs> the point, it's, it's so very true. You know, we are all very much wounded healers in a way. And I think yeah. if you have experienced something and most of our gifts and our beauty and our life purpose does come from some kind of trauma. So it's like you really do learn to appreciate the journey so much more. And the other thing I forgot to mention about skin, and then I'll get to your question about holistic health, yeah. is that. The skin is the gateway to the nervous system in sure. such a deep way. It, in, even in utero, when you're an embryo, it, they came from the same germ layer. So when you're touching the skin, you are immediately engaging with the nervous system. And it's just a very primal soothing. Um, so that was so important. And holistic health, I think, again, came from my relentless perfectionism because I wanted to, I was always very interested in what was underneath. I wanted to look perfect without makeup. That's the truth. It's like I wanted to, I knew that the, and that's not like something I take pride in right now, but, but, or maybe now I do, but it's, it's not the, me having this double-edged sword with beauty all my life and this perfectionism and this Virgo nature and this eye for detail and this eye for art. and, And again, beauty is just so much in my DNA that I wanted to feel and embody beauty without needing any enhancements cosmetically. And so that was very much that was very much the driving factor at first because I always knew that health and beauty were sort of two sides of the same coin and I knew that cellular radiance was connected to cellular health. And so cosmetics were never the thing because that was always like masking it for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like I want to I want to feel like innately beauty beautiful without any type of enhancement and I think just my natural affinity for the body and for for healing. Like when I was in college and I had no idea what I was going to do, I was an anthropology major and I just did all healing courses of different cultures and all anatomy courses. And I just kind of couldn't, I did, and I was miserable in college because I was so confused as to what I was going to be in life. And so I did my yoga teacher training and I discovered connective tissue there too. And so it was always this, I was always being pulled back to health and even like nutrition and everything like that. So holistic health now for me, from a much less superficial standpoint or fear-based standpoint, is really the fact that it takes into account the whole person and where the person really is. So my treatments have become so much more about holding a person with reverence and gentility and ease. And that's really where healing happens. That's really where the flow and the ease happens. So holistic health is just, holistic beauty has just become such a more of a way of life than than a cosmetic or a a performative act, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I wanted to ask what your beauty philosophy is, and I feel like that might touch on it, but, you know, do you have something else, you know, do you have anything else to add that, that incorporates your beauty philosophy, or is there a different point of view that you haven't touched on? Sure. I think about this a lot, actually. I think that, I think embodiment of beauty is something that is available to you at any point. I really feel that beauty is an energetic projection Mm. and that it fluctuates based on how you feel about yourself. So, and I also feel that very much so that people decide how they feel about you based on how you feel about yourself. Mm. And so I spent so many years thinking I was not enough, like a, like a, a painful amount of years feeling like I needed to fix something and being so perfectionistic. And when I finally like clicked that how I feel about myself and how I define beauty for myself, scars and all, is that's what beauty is. So my beauty philosophy is really that you get to define it yourself and that you can embody it and it's ageless. It's, it's, it's radiance. It's that innate feeling of wholeness. And that really comes through all of your cells, all of your tissues and really gl- makes it's the glow. It's the shen that comes through your eyes, that, that yeah. spirit. Yeah. yeah. What's your wellness philosophy? It's really similar. <laughs> I, I think, no, I think that um, my wellness philosophy is really gentle consistency. Yeah. So gen- gentle, instead of being super extreme, because yeah. I've definitely played in those worlds too, and it just never seems to be the right approach. So balance, gentle consistency, like moving consistently, keeping your flow system of your body working smoothly. You know, eating well consistently, but also having grace for yourself and enjoying your life. Like this is not about being super rigid. I think it's what you do most of the time. And um, yeah, gentle consistency for everything is really my wellness philosophy. Yeah, I love that. I, I'm completely right there with you, especially now. You know, I feel like all of our relationships with wellness have fundamentally shifted over the past few years. And, and you know, I think before the pandemic, I think I was so much more rigid about how I took care of my body. And now it's, you know, I've really relaxed into it. And I think it's, and honestly, like I've never felt better and my skin has never looked better. And, you know, my, the way that I feel in my body has never been better. And I, I think there is something to that where it's when you have too much structure and too much rigid structure in your wellness routines, you don't, you don't allow yourself to necessarily like feel all of, all of the little things and the good little things and that you know it's you just you set up too many parameters and all of a sudden you all you see are the parameters rather than you know seeing yourself as like a moving living thing so anyway that's all to say I agree with you I want to talk a little (laughs) bit about your (laughs) about your practice and you know you you have a massage-based rejuvenation practice and you know you you talk about rejuvenating the skin but you know obviously your body work incorporates a holistic approach a 360 approach that addresses the body in general so just you know for our listeners, tell us about what your practice looks like and like what are the things that you you strive to address. Great. Thank you so much for asking this question. I, I, I feel like I never get to talk about this and specifically, and it's really a culmination of my life's work in these sessions. And also what you just said about being easeful with your body is so juicy. And I feel like that's like, that's self-care as you're an aging person, just, just embracing that juiciness, that fluidity, that at ease in your life. So thank you again for just contributing your thoughts on the topic because I feel like we're of like mind in that way and and I want more people to ease into their self-care without such rigidity. So thank you. So my my practice, I'm a body worker first and foremost, but I really focus on the face. So I would say 95% of my work is facial work. And because the face is the microcosm to the whole system. So if I am just working on your face, you will feel like your whole body has been touched. There's something very magical about it. And because I see the body as sort of a tensegrity system and everything is very connected, like your face is not disconnected from your your neck and your shoulders and everything else. And facial aging and facial aging concerns are usually because there is a blockage somewhere in the system of tension and stress. So sometimes my sessions start face down. Oftentimes they do to address upper neck tension, upper shoulder tension, and beyond. But I leverage different techniques based on people's individual needs. 
but generally speaking to underscore everything that I do is I release tension and stagnation from stress and accumulated patterns from trauma and allow for flow to restore in the body. So if you have blockages in the body, and I don't mean energetic blockages, although that can mean that, I mean literal locked up tension in the jaw, locked up tension yeah. in between the, sh- the, the shoulder blades and between the eyebrows because they're actually, they're actually connected. Yeah. Allowing flow to restore, the body does a lot of its own work. So metabolic waste can flow out, which is what causes inflammation and accelerates aging. So if you allow for this movement to happen, the body does most of the work itself. And then also allowing blood, chi, and nutrients to return to the tissues to nourish the cells. I'm a big proponent of it's not about increasing cell turnover, which is a really frequently overused term in the beauty industry that I really don't like because it's not about increasing cell turnover. It's about supporting the health and vitality of the cells you have. Increasing cell turnover is actually aging you faster. Yeah. So it's like a marketing term that we need to like let go of. So over exfoliation, chemical peels, things like that. So sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, yeah, over exfoliation, <laughs> all that stuff. That is a huge problem that we are constantly trying to talk about on the site, especially just, you know, everyone needs to cool it on the exfoliation for a while. Cool it. Yeah, cool We've it on everything. <laughs> cool it on everything. Everyone's stripping their skin. That's a whole other topic, but <laughs> trying to get yeah. back on track. So, so helping to alleviate tension, stress, blockages, helping the person to actually relax and get into that healing zone so that the body can restore itself again. And doing so, I do it with a very light touch because I don't like to muscle through people. That's really not the way the body kind of fights you back when you do that, which so I I really am a light touch therapist and working with, I do sculpting massage. So re-educating and reshaping fascia and connective tissue into a more youthful, ideal posture because you're actually just removing layers of armor that are not the person. So it's not about controlling or changing the face. It's about taking away the pieces that are not the person's true self and just allowing that restored contour to come through. And it's a gentle, loving, supportive, nurturing process that happens while they're practically asleep. And um, I use different modalities. So I do face lifting massage. I do fascial release. I do other types of massage. I do lymphatic drainage, gua sha, reflexology, I also do sound therapy. So I have a really specific special sound therapy machine that entrains cells to a higher frequency and stimulates collagen and elastin within 60 seconds just by vibration. It's all natural modalities to support the cells. You know, your body is really a renewable resource. And through touch, you get the cells to proliferate new genetic material of collagen and elastin. So again, it's not about like, traumatizing cells to like make them turn over faster. It's about turning, upregulating healthier tissue and letting the tissue regenerate itself through therapeutic influence. Yeah. I love that. And you said something that I hadn't, I I hadn't heard before. And so I want to go back to it because it's really piqued my interest. Talking about taking away people's masks or like the layers themselves that aren't the true, their true selves, their true contouring, right? I think it, spark something in me because (laughs) I feel like recently, right? Like I feel like I've just, you know, been a little bit stressed out lately just for odds and ends reasons, all, you know, very normal day-to-day sort of stress-related reasons that I, I feel like a lot of us probably experience throughout many times in our lives. But the other day, I think I was, I was thinking about something in particular while I was walking down the street. And, and, and this family walked past me and the girl was on the bike and, you know, I stepped away to the side and I I really wasn't even paying attention to the family itself or I just had stepped to the side so the girl on the bike could go back, go past. And I think the family thought I was making this like face about the situation. And I really wasn't, I was truly just like deep in thought and like perhaps just making some sort of. I don't know, like resting bitch face sort of situation. (laughs) And I really, really wasn't. And I bring this up because I'm also one of those people that like want something like a a moment interaction with a stranger like that will like stay with me for like weeks on end. Like where I'll be like, why? Like, why were they mad at me? You know, like I'm just like one of those people. Anyway, so I bring this up to say that like I, I do think that there is something to this idea of like 
I normally don't have a face that reads angry. You know, I, I I typically don't walk around with like a scowl. That's just not necessarily like how my facial muscles move, right? Mm. And so I, I bring this up to say that like what you were talking about, like removing the mask, right? Is is there something to this idea that our, our face and the way our face reads really relates to what's happening? Is that kind of what you were saying? Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Can you just There's, talk more about that? So it's what I think actually happened in that situation is that you had a neutral face potentially and they were expecting more of an expression of like, oh, let me get to the side. So I feel like you didn't emote enough in the situation. And I feel and I feel like that happens a lot to beautiful women. If you don't, it's like that classic, like, you know, someone telling you to smile, which is like infuriating to me. So I, I don't think you were, I mean, you may have been deep in thought, but it's like, I think that you may have been a little prejudged in the situation for not over emoting. And I don't over emote either because not everything warrants an expression. <laughs> it's like, so I think that that's like, and, and also the other thing is not feeling like you letting go of the idea that you needed to make them super comfortable in the situation. Like maybe they were feeling uncomfortable and they were looking to you to be like, oh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But instead you just moved on with your life. So I think it's more of like, a, you know, this is how, but what you're bringing up is people immediately look at each other's faces for mirror neurons for mm-hmm. expression. So if, someone, if you're walking down the street and someone smiles at you, you smile back, right? Yeah. If someone's walking down the street and they're scowling, you might actually scowl because we're such energetically entangled creatures that we literally have mirror neurons that make us mimic each other's reactions, which is why a lot of people get Botox for mimic compulsive mimics. And it's, that's like they, so they're constantly scowling or they're constantly like doing, you know, like moving their eyebrows up and stuff where they just don't even realize they're making a face. They don't even realize that I'll have a session with someone where I will get their forehead to be pristinely smooth, releasing all the tension and the the stress and the tension patterns that are creating that compulsive mimic. And then they'll go to look at their phone. They'll get a text message. They'll, they'll crane their head forward and they'll knit their eyebrows right back to, right back to sure. where it was. I'm like, no. It's like, so it's a lot of it is retraining, retraining a softness and an ease. And okay. that's kind of, that's, that's part of it. So I think you probably just didn't have enough of a, of a, of a reaction. And okay. that's something, but I, I didn't, I could be wrong, but it's also okay. well. That makes me not- feel better. But I will say that I, 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 it. When you talked about like taking off the layers of the mask of the face, like, I think that's super fascinating in the sense of like, our faces, you know, they form in certain ways based on our body and our emotions, right? Yeah. And so, is that what you're talking about? Like, you want to release all that by like addressing your emotional and physical health. Yeah. And it's kind of sometimes you can work backwards. So if you're having it's it's sometimes you can work, for instance, if you have hard 11 lines, so that furrowed brow that you and I were just talking about, sometimes that could be from frustration. That could be from anger. That could be from feeling like you have to do it all yourself, carrying Mm -hmm. the weight of the world on your shoulders, which may have been what you were feeling at that moment. And they misread it as anger, you know, that family. So you can back into softening the wrinkles by trying to address like, where do I not accept help in my life? Or if you actually can release that tension pattern through massage, through self-touch, through receiving some release there, you might Allow, allow the emotions of frustration to just leave you. So it's kind of, yeah. you can back into it from either way. And so collagen and elastin, well, not, not elastin, collagen and, your, and from your fascial system lays down fibers every 20 minutes in a static position. So through repetitive motion is how we build up these layers of armor. And so deep, hard lines in between the, eye, in between the eyebrows of a really rigid, locked jaw that is creating a lot of bulk and dragging things down. Yeah. Tech neck, forward head posture, living tech, live, that really tightens the front of the throat and starts to get sticky and drag down the front of the face. So mm. 80, 80% of facial issues that I see are all from neck posture or more. Interesting. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Don't worry. There's there's hope, I promise. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll definitely be getting to a lot of what you recommend <laughs> to address those yes. things. But I do want to ask 
kind of before we get into a lot of the treatment stuff, because I, I do yeah. think sometimes people don't even know where to begin with conversations like this, just because we're not necessarily, especially in the beauty industry, we're not necessarily trained to think about skin and beauty from this, from this lens, right? We are taught to issues via, you know, topicals, via treatments, you know, now we're starting to get into supplementation in a bigger way in the beauty industry. But I do think that facial and body manipulation and body work is still part of the conversation that isn't necessarily like fully integrated. And so I, I don't think that people even know how to address what their concerns should be through this lens, right? So if someone were to come to you and ask for help, you know, how do you help them identify what they're even looking for or what their concerns might be? Because I, I think sometimes people just, they don't even know where to begin. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, again, a great question. It's most issues can be traced back to stress and tension accumulated in the body. So regardless of what your concerns are, if it's hyperpigmentation, if it's sagging skin, if it's laxity, like, you know, sagging laxity, if it's bulkiness, puffiness, all of those things can be related to tension because okay. you're restricting the flow of vital nutrients, creating puffiness, drag on the skin. So if you're puffy for a long time, it can start to stretch the skin a bit. So all of those things are related to tension. That's really, that's the starting point for everyone. The shoulders are up around the ears. The neck mm -hmm. is condensed. The major thoracic outlets where, where the lymphatic fluid drains above your collarbones are usually a little bit constricted. And yeah. one third of your lymphatic fluid drains in your neck for your whole body. So it's a wow. major highway. You really need, it's a two-way street. You need blood, chi, and nutrients to be able to flow up and you need metabolic waste to be able to flow out. So stagnancy is really from tension is kind of the root of everyone's aging mm -hmm. issues. And then, you know, it also creates issues with the bone density. So fluid muscles with healthy movement are better for cranial structure as we age as well. Stagnation really chokes out tissue. We need space for the cells to exchange and respirate and, and they feed each other. It's my whole skin philosophy is really allowing is hydration is major internal hydration all aging factors that i see people concerned with can really be led or really be attributed to a form of dehydration within the body you either have tissue that's hydrated or tissue that's not so either rigid fibrotic you know how people kind of get plasticky as we age and hardened that's all just dehydration and additional yeah. um fibrotic tissue but all that can be reintegrated and liquefied. It's, and within seconds, the fascia responds within seconds with the right influence. Please. And then when it, that really. fast. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's reassuring to hear at least. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, so, so people's skin concerns, it's really most, most things. I think the thing to do is to really address your tension. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It doesn't need to be a practice that feels overwhelming to you. If gua sha is too overwhelming right now, just learning how to massage your face mm -hmm. and keep keep your neck posture and change your neck yeah. posture and your alignment. Those are two things that will majorly change your facial posture. So let's get into some of these techniques. I kind of defer to you on where we should even start because, you know, <laughs> I know that there's a lot of, there's a lot of different things that you can, that you can do to address these. And, you know, is there like a baseline practice that everybody should be, should be having? You know, I, I'm, I, I love hearing about various things that, that people can do at home, that I can do at home. So if you have any to share. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have lots to share. <laughs> well, let, let's, let's start from a little bit lower. So okay. opening up the chest is so important and it's best to do if you have like a doorway, but if you don't, that's okay. You can just interlace your fingers behind your back if that's available to you and allow your shoulders to expand open and let the chest open up. Really keeping the yoke of your collarbones open and if you have a doorway you can make an l shape with your arm and place it behind the doorway and allow your body to move through the doorway to feel an expansion across your chest muscle that's okay. really important because that forward that forward rolling that happens with the shoulders it pitches your head forward and then your eyes will always want to meet the horizon so it starts to crunch up the back of your neck mm -hmm. and this sure. is the this is the gate of vitality. Keeping this open and flowing is really important. 
the other thing when we get higher with the neck. So what you want to do is imagine you have a string at the base of your skull moving up and back towards the corner where the wall meets the ceiling. So it's an idea. It's also if you have a ponytail, you can bring it, you can mm -hmm. direct it. The vector is this way. It's up and back. And that okay. creates a slight tuck on the chin. And that'll keep the back of your thoracic, sorry, not your thoracic, your cervical spine open. And it also begins to tonify the front. People don't like doing that because they think they get a little bit of like a laxity here when they make that tucked motion. But you're actually re in, reawakening this place and okay. tonifying the front of your throat. You want to think of your, your neck like a cylinder. Like, mm -hmm. And you want length on all sides. Tongue posture is another thing. If you're just gently walking around, if you're sitting at your desk doing something, try to keep your tongue sealed to the top the roof of your mouth because that is going to support your cervical spine, your neck, mm -hmm. and also the, the shape of your face and your sinus cavities. That's nice. Not, I know it's so, there's, I'm like, I don't want to give too many things, but so <laughs> if you can just keep your head on your neck and keep your neck straight, that's a big step. So if you're on your okay. phone, hold it up to eye level versus craning sure. forward and furrowing yeah. and, you know, and, crunching up your face to do so so keeping everything open if you have a computer like raise it to eye level get a more ergonomic work setup that's really important okay yeah. so I, the posture is such a vital part of this conversation that much we know and i i know that the body's posture plays an influence in all of this right you know it's like oh, yeah. and i think that part is so fascinating to me you know it's like you have a bad knee that influences you know another thing which influences you know and it all kind of like works the way you know works way way up obviously that's that's gets a little bit in the weeds where people can't necessarily address those things at home however right. i just you know i want to ask you about you know like how does body overall body posture influence all the things that we just talked about and like you know what is that at a point where people do need to go see a professional you know to kind of address some of those issues yeah it really can be i mean i always say your face starts at your feet yeah. it's it's because of the, that. so the fascia, your, your connective tissue, in case your audience doesn't know, it's, it is a never ending system. It has no beginning and no end. It encases every single cell and it's your connective tissue system and it holds you up in relation to gravity. It gives you shape and form. It's the reason why you look like who you, who you are. And it's always working to keep you upright in relation to gravity. So if you have a gait that's like a little bit off, there's a ripple effect up the chain. So yeah, you can see someone does structural integration or a rolfer. A lot of times just awareness can make mm -hmm. a huge impact. Just like being mindful of the footwear that you wear. Like if you wear heels a lot, maybe lay off the heels because they throw off your center of gravity and they make changes in your pelvis. And then that goes up the chain. And you, we have a series of diaphragms up the body and those all influence the internal homeostatic pressure we have that keeps us upright and allows for proper alignment and fluid flow again. So yeah. posture is postures in alignment is major when it comes to facial aging and, and how, how our face, facial posture changes. So that's one part of the conversation. I, I, so, you know, everybody at home can can take some time and think about their posture. I know that I need to take breaks throughout the day to, you know, be like, okay, I'm, I'm sitting weird and I need to, you know, readjust myself. But I also know that, you know, at home facial massage techniques, those, you know, if anybody has the time or the interest in doing those, I know I personally love spending some time with some at home facial manipulation. Are, are there any routines or flows or, you know, what have you that, or, you know, techniques that you, you can tell people to try at home? Definitely, definitely. I think if you can massage your neck and we can even do it together, like taking your hands and placing them at the back of your neck and grabbing, uh, like a grabbing some of the tissue and pulling it off your spine. Do you feel how good that feels? Yeah. Yeah. So you just reach back and grab and pull and allow some decompression to happen because we live in so much compression. Our head is always pitched forward. So that really restores the flow and you can work up into your hairline and give yourself some tech neck relief. Yeah. So you could do that when you're sitting at your desk or just going throughout your day. You can also take your knuckles and glide up and down the sides of your neck. 
And so these are, you're addressing a lot of different muscles. You're addressing the scalenes, which are responsible for taking or helping you take deeper breaths as well. Got it. And also you get very tight when your head is pitched forward. You're also addressing the sternocleidomastoid muscle a bit with that move. So just rubbing your knuckles up and down and nothing crazy. doesn't need to be very firm. And for a lymphatic movement to help everything drain, especially if you just wake up a little bit puffy, you can do some tapping. So tapping on your chest. You always want to start low because everything is like a funnel, which is why I'm so big on neck, neck health and neck mm -hmm. posture. So tapping lightly on your chest and then tapping right above your collarbones and tapping higher up your neck. And when you get to the area around your ears, you can even scissor your hands and go in the front and the back of your ears and do light pumps downward. Okay. And you can bring that tapping up to your face. You can tap everywhere around your eyes. What is Just the really tapping doing? Yeah, the tapping is creating a subtle vibration, which is helping fluid move through your cells or okay. around your cells. So you have all this, it's called interstitial fluid. It's the fluid that's in your body that's not, that's not blood. And that yep. eventually goes into your lymphatic system to be cleansed and purified and then recirculated. And yeah. that's fed from your fascial system. So the lymph and the fascia are so, so connected. You want to keep your body like a juicy, hydrated sponge and fluid yeah. movement is the way to do it. So just light little taps, lymphatic fluid and your fascia love light, gentle, consistent movement. So okay. gentle massage, light stroking on yourself and your body, okay. dry brushing, things like yeah. that. Okay. I love that. And I love that you just did like a very gentle hand massage because sometimes I, you know, I'll... I'll remind myself, I'm like, oh, you know, you haven't done like full body gua sha or you haven't, you know, I've been dry brushed in a while. And, you know, I, I have it in my head that I need those tools to do it. And while those are beneficial tools, you know, you can just use your hands, you Big know, time. your, your, your hands are incredible things. <laughs> yeah. They have, they have negative ions. Your hands actually yeah. have, which, which balances your body. Ever like if you go swimming in the ocean or you're walking in nature, the reason why you feel so refreshed is the negative ions. And so you're actually, you literally have healing tools as part of your body. Your hands are extension of your heart chakra. They have a very intense magnetic field. And if you want to feel the magnetic field of your hand, just, just make a little prayer and start to make some friction up and down really fast, rub them, keep going. And you can do this before you do your facial massage too. And then okay. stop and feel hold them about a centimeter apart and feel that yeah. flow. Do you feel that yeah. energy? I do. So that's available to you at all times. And then you, sure. you're, you're getting your hands ready for, for touch. Most of my practice is my hands. And I used to, I, I've, been, I've inverted my facial session. So I did, I used to do like 95% gua sha when I first started. And now I really do 95% hand work. And then I like smooth, I use the gua sha to sort of smooth the frosting on the cake. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I, you know, our our hands are powerful. So I always need to remind myself that, you know, you don't need extra. Well, I love, you know, various tools. You don't always need them. Yeah. You know, you, you can just use these. So I want to ask, what sort of lifestyle habits do you encourage people to do to make who come and see you? You know, I assume posture is a big one. We've already talked about that. But, you know, what else? What else is there? I'm sure there's quite a bit that you that you advise people on. I try to keep it simple because people get very overwhelmed and everyone is so busy, so they don't need like another thing. But the very basic homework I give people is to hold your phone at eye level <laughs> when yeah. you're on it. Try to keep your shoulders open, down, relaxed, breathe consciously, massage your neck like I showed you, even just intuitively try to keep your neck open. You can make light strokes down your neck to encourage fluid movement. Just awareness of your neck and your face and your posture will make a huge change in your face already. When you are cleansing your face, take, a, take some time to feel around your jaw and make some gentle circles just to feel your tension and allow it, it just making conscious connections with yourself throughout the day, breathing into your body, some body awareness. Where are you holding stress? If you feel yourself furrowing or clenching your jaw, try to take a moment to breathe and soften and really just surrender also. You know, people get so anxious about aging and their changing body that we give ourselves more stress. And stress is such an age accelerated because it causes all these oxidative actions to happen. So I try to just get my clients to 
relax and, and ease and flow and get self-care. So whether it's regular body work by me or someone else or having a meditative practice doesn't mean to be meditation if that's too much. Something, a gratitude list, journaling, deep breathing. Deep breathing is a wonderful way to hydrate your system because the action of your diaphragm moving propels lymphatic fluid throughout your system, which is like your internal cleansing, your immune system. It's you, There's so many ways to self-regulate. And I really think that spending a little time after you cleanse, when you put your oils on or whatever you like to use, just to smooth out the areas of density is a huge factor in change. It really makes a big difference. I love those. Those are all very easy and digestible and actionable. <laughs> uh, I want to ask, what do you do for yourself? You know, these, and whenever I ask this question, I always like to say that everything is skincare, you know, so how, from how much do we sleep to eat and everything. So, you know, when I, when I talk about what you do for yourself and your skin, I, I mean that in a very broad sense. And I, I, I like to let people answer it however they feel right answering it. You're right. Everything is skincare because I, I feel my stress really shows up on my skin very much because everyone's stress is, again, that nervous system connection. The skin is so connected to the nervous system. So I really have been trying to not be a perfectionist, to not stress out, to try to surrender more and trust more. It, to me, it comes down to really feeling supported in my life with by by trusting and surrendering. It's a big one. Um for my body, I like to do soft foam rolling. So I'm not like super hard foam rollers. Like actually when you're using softer foam rollers, you can actually make more tissue engagement with them. And they're more, it's, more like a, it's more like a loving body massage, but it really releases any of that density and that fibrotic buildup. So I do a lot of body rolling. Okay. That's, and I can give you some resources if you're interested. Yeah, I love Lauren Roxborough. You probably know okay. her. She's yes. Big, big mind body green person. <laughs> she, she, she sort of grew up with them too, you know, and I, I've been a mind body green follower for many, many years. So I think that you actually did carve my path for me in many ways because I saw oh. I'm so expanded by people like Lauren and people like Britta who were yeah. doing things that I wanted to do. And I'm also a big fan of the melt method, which is all about mm -hmm. fascial integration. And they have a very soft roller too. So those are the two resources for body rolling that I love. Dry body brushing. I love to rebound on a mini trampoline. If you don't have a trampoline, just walking. So again, back to that gentle, consistent movement. I'm not extreme. Like you will not see me doing like a, a hit workout. Like you won't. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like won't do it. <laughs> not for my nervous system. But I do, yeah. I, I did just start training with someone to help me learn how to, because I was sort of using my body in ways that weren't super efficient for me. So I am okay. retraining my nervous system how to exercise in certain ways and building strength. But it's really mostly about my mind and trying to, trying to manage my stress is sort of my major wellness action that I need to do. I love that. And, uh, you know, I often think about the ways in which, just to touch on the exercise part, the ways in which we exercise and how they can be either complementary to our mental health in, in major ways, or, you know, maybe they aren't quite the right fit. I'm, I'm, I'm very, I think we have a lot of similarities in our personalities because I am also a perfectionist and I, I heard you say Virgo and I'm a Virgo. Oh my God, um, you are. Thank you for that. September 21st. Wow, I'm the 19th. Oh, wow. We are very close. <laughs> um, and, you know, having, finding movements and exercises that, you know, they, they don't necessarily like play into the perfectionism or things like that. I think that's where I have started to move into, you know, where it's, I want to find movements that I don't have to feel like like I used to do bar for so long and I liked bar, right. but bar is very much like a perfectionist either like <laughs> worst nightmare or their their best friend because it is about like so much to to a degree of minor degrees of perfectionism and I found that it ended up being this thing that I didn't need in my life because I was like no you're obsessing over this too much like you need something that doesn't matter that much yeah so, it's, like, like, it's like ballet derived and ballet is yeah. like the strictest perfectionistic like body critical lineage I'm sorry I mean it, I can't say it for everybody yeah. but it's like yeah and, and I've had such a history of body perfectionism and, and body criticism in my own journey, especially with like my breast surgeries and my body image and people telling me about my body from a very young age and me being so yeah. conflicted about, about beauty and body and, and kind of like reclaiming it for myself. But I think 
I, I've always identified with you in, in, in certain areas too. And I feel like I, I didn't know that you were a Virgo, but I could totally <laughs> understand like that, 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 that double-edged sword of beauty too. And probably you've yeah. probably been heavily influenced, you know, by your whole life. Yeah. So for you, have you ever tried like nonlinear movement? No, because I'm not entirely sure what that entails. <laughs> yeah, it well, it's very it's kind of it's kind of a vague title, but it's really about it's sort of more of a movement practice on your own. You can do it to music or you can do it guided or just by yourself. It's really allowing your body to express itself the way that it wants to. So it's not because mm -hmm. we live in very linear patterns, which, again, fascia doesn't love because re repetition creates the stress and dehydration yeah. in the body. So forward movements, forward, you know, we're just walking yeah. forward constantly and we're at a desk constantly. We're rounding forward. So taking, moving in different planes and it could be just doing barrel rolls with your spine, okay. getting on the floor and sort of rolling around in a puddle yeah. <laughs> of yourself. Yeah. That's, that's really like with no agenda and listening to where your body wants to extend and stretch. And it's really, it takes a little bit of relearning to listen to its signals, but that's a really nice way to get out of your linear mind and especially if you have some perfections and tendencies. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go do some more learnings on that and <laughs> give it a try because that actually sounds really lovely. So just like nice. let your body do it at once. Oh, Listen, nice. thank you so much for joining me today. This was such a pleasure. You are such a delight to talk to. And Aww. you have such thoughtful, beautiful, introspective advice and answers for everything I asked. And I really appreciate that. So thank you so much. Oh, it's been my joy. I'm so thrilled to be able to talk to you. And thank you for creating a forum that I can share my passion about this work and feeding the skin from underneath it because I feel like we are such an, a topical product-driven world these days that people forget about their inner pharmacy and that's really how the skin mm -hmm. is fed it's from the reservoir of nutrients below it so I just I really love when there's an opportunity to talk about it well I love that phrase inner pharmacy I'm gonna <laughs> steal that <laughs> <laughs> yeah please do I'm it. not even I sure if it. it's mine <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I'll borrow it from you and whomever you borrowed it from. It's good advice regardless. So thank, thank you so you. much. I, I really oh, appreciate this. Yeah. Thank you so much. Such a joy. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want more beauty content, you can find it at mindbodygreen.com or any of our social channels. And finally, if you liked this podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week.